We would love to have, have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jammer. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents. Jaguars today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Jaguars today off and rolling on this Thursday. The great John Shipley will grace us a little bit later on in this hour with his presence, talking all things Jaguar football. Good morning, Tony Smith. How good are morning. you? Good morning, doing well. All braved up over there. At least the hat. <laughs> yeah, ready at least to go. the hat today. Yeah, with spring training underway and yeah, all that good stuff. I did like. Uh, Hick reading off, I don't know whose list it was of the top 100 players in Major League Baseball. The Yankees have three of the top nine. Mm. You know, they'll all be on the DL by the All-Star <laughs> break, but that's all right. For now, we're feeling good. It's like the Knicks, you know. you gotta. I, I take the Knicks in in like two-week increments. Ah, mm-hmm. I feel great for two weeks, and then uh, yeah, then reality sets in. It so, is what it is. Kind of yep. like you are with your Jags sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, eight and three. Oh, you can feel however you want about it. Uh, hidden danger, sure. He's celebrating the win, sure. And then the collapse came uh, and rolled on in. Pockets, good morning. How are you? Morning. Good Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Pockets has laid one on me, Tone, a second ago. <laughs> and it, it amused me to no end. Grandpa Mike here, not a grandfather for the record, just throwing it out there. But uh, <laughs> we're talking about something or other. Um, you know, the, Pockets was, was talking about the rules of attraction. And I said something about the rules of Pockets. And he said, there are no rules. And then he threw out. You what? said something about no laws. And no, I said, no, no laws. I okay. said no laws when you're drinking claws. No laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> and immediately I suspected you were talking about white claw. Yeah. Is that a popular beverage among no. your age group? Uh, if you like seltzers. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm if, not. They, if, they, if you'd like a seltzer, that most people like drinking white claw. It yeah. seemed like it was popular about four years ago. It's kind of went down a little bit because there's more popular ones. But Yeah, back in, uh, back in my day, Tony, you drank <laughs> hard liquor. Mm-hmm. You drank beer or you drank wine coolers. And they looked mm-hmm. at you funny if you drank the wine coolers. They just <laughs> did. You know, that's a, 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 a white claw pretty acceptable among uh, the drinking crowd these days. Eh. Pockets. Eh. Nah. Females, usually. Uh, it's, that's what the thing was with the wine coolers, right? And you always <laughs> kept a sixer in the fridge because you never know when the ladies <laughs> might want to drop by and hang out for a while so you always had some on hand i just i did not know that uh, if you're on the claws there ain't no laws so good to know that's a pretty widespread expression or is that just you and your little small group of friends yeah, it was a comedian said it and so it kind of okay. like took off that, from there all right yeah see it's probably probably everybody go. knows that yeah. i'm probably the last guy to have heard that <laughs> expression it, it struck me as amusing anyway uh yesterday i thought we had a pretty good one tone yeah no doubt all right if the jags could add a future star Meaning a multi-time Pro Bowler at one of the positions that we listed this offseason. Which position would you like that person to play? 
center corner defensive tackle wide receiver and center held it down throughout the course of the day. It was in flux early on. We had 820 votes, which was solid for February. Mm-hmm. 35% went with center. 32% went with defensive tackle. 19% went with wide receiver and 13 and a half went with corner. Uh, you and I went with wide receiver yeah. in that one. I, I think what happened, just looking at some of the debate and you're, it's a it's a poll, right? It's not the it's a discussion, world. right? right. It's, it's to get a discussion going. That's exactly what they're used for, right? Yeah. It's, it's talking points, but I think a lot of people took it as well. Well, you know, great if you got this wide receiver now, you can't block. Well, yeah. Nobody said you can't. No. Get better at these other spots too. Just if you knew you're going to get a star, yeah. Where's it more valuable to have a star in today's NFL? Like it wasn't that long ago. That one of our questions of the day, a top five, the first one we did was, you know, the story's biggest needs for the team going into the offseason, yeah. right? Like, and both of us had interior offensive line very high on that list at one or two. Might have been number one. Right, yeah. on our list. It's not like we aren't aware that that is a situation that they have to do something on the interior of their offensive line. That is a big storyline going into this offseason. But I just don't believe people who responded to that question yesterday as if they would take Creed Humphrey over Jamar Chase. You're lying. Right, or, no, or you wouldn't. I brought it up with Mia yesterday. Yeah. Because uh, she mentioned center as well. Garrett Bradbury, who plays for Minnesota. Yeah. Justin Jefferson plays for Minnesota. Who do you think the Vikings are prioritize keeping around? No doubt who they I mean, it's not even a question. I mean, no. He'll make uh, – Justin Jefferson's going to get $30 million no. a year. And it's not to say that they don't have to address center – or the interior part of their offensive line. They have to. Like, they have to sure this offseason to get them more competitive in that area. But or, it's way – you have to put so more, many fewer resources into the center position than you do at wide receiver or defensive tackle or corner in today's game. Like, it's just – it requires less resources to make the center position competitive in the National Football League. I'm not saying they're competitive right now. I want them to move on from Fortner. I'm 100% on board with Luke Fortner not being the opening day center for the football team next year. But I don't think they need a pro bowler to replace him. It'd be awesome if they found one. New, po- new poll question. Jaguar fans. What would get you more excited? Oh. Okay. Three-year contract extension for Trent Balky, five-year contract extension for Luke Fortner. <laughs> Which That's one you want, one. right? Because it's only three. There's not, and he doesn't count against a cap. You can still fire Balky after one with the three-year extension, but mm-hmm. it's a signal that you probably wouldn't. You'd probably have him for at least a couple more. Fortner probably play at least three years of that five-year deal. Yeah. Right. Or watch their head spin as Josh Allen plays on the franchise tag the next two years. Yes, and, and that. And we'll throw that <laughs> one in there, too. Uh, but, 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 ah! Uh, you know, look, here's the thing. You say they, they will upgrade. I don't know that they will. I mean, I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope they do as well. But they've talked about Luke Fortner with a different set of eyes than we have appeared to watch Luke Fortner play. And, sure. and to be fair, Luke Fortner did start every game for a playoff team two years ago. Yes, he did. I, I, and, it's again, no, you hear, we try to be fair, right? We're, I, I, we don't want to be the show where every day we come on and like, this is always bad, everything bad, 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 or good, 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 good about mm-hmm. anybody, right? Trevor Lawrence, when he stinks, we try to reflect that. When he's good, we try to reflect that. Some people 
are set noise. Some people think you can't criticize Trevor. Others think you're a fool. If you think Trevor is going to be anything, you're just making excuses for him. And there's no middle ground. There's always middle ground. There, absolutely. Right? I'm sure Fortner, I, I'm sure if we went in and did a cut-up of, like, his 10 best plays, you'd be like, damn, he looks like a hell of a player. Yeah. Right? That's the NFL. Right? I'm, I'm sure he's not out there getting whipped every single time. Yeah. But, you know, they are talking about him in a way that doesn't reflect what we see. With no, Luke Fortner. They're talking about him in a way that they still see him becoming an average center, right? Like <laughs> that's the way that they talk about him oh, in my mind. It's God. like he can just become. You know, one you know what, day he's, Tony, he's not a problem. If you eat your Wheaties and uh, do your exercises, you two could be average, right? Like it's it, the way they talk about it. Almost feels like you know, it wasn't great a uh, great year, but we can see the future with him where it's not a big deal, right? Right. Now, now Trent Baalke did say, like he, he alluded to needing to hit the weight room and and bulk it up. So maybe that yeah. is a talking point uh, internally. And regardless, we don't Which, know. Which, honestly, with a GM or a head coach at the podium in a post, like the, the week or two after the season, that's as pointed as criticism of a guy it who's is. under contract the next year is going to that's get. That's true. That is true, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, and, and um, you know, and plus, when we say interior offensive line is an issue, well, it's a, a, it goes beyond center. That's a three-position all issue. three spots could when be When you're open. anticipating yeah. Brandon Sheriff, it could be a cap casualty or yeah. will be a cap casualty. And right now, you might want Ezra Cleveland back, but mm-hmm. he's not under contract now. Nope. So you don't know who your starting guards are necessarily going to be. I mean, at the moment, it would be Sheriff. But, you know, you're going to get a lot of salary cap cleanup in the next couple of weeks here. Yes, I they will. Anticipate he'll be potentially one of those victims. So, you know, interior offensive line is an issue for this team. That doesn't mean they have to address it with the 17th pick in the draft. No. Or even their second-round pick in the draft. You know, inter- you find guards along the way. Maybe you you do plug one in from free agency. Maybe you do bring in a, a vet who's just an average player and you have him competing with Cooper Hodges on the right side. And maybe you feel like Cooper Hodges can be special, but you can't trust it because he hasn't – shown yeah. you that at the NFL level yet. That's a projection, you know? So, uh, yeah, collectively, I do think that's a major issue for the team, but Absolutely. I'd still rather have a star at wide receiver as opposed to a star at center. And, you know, it's something we're going to be talking about between now and the draft. We have free agency in a couple weeks that, you know, the Jags could be active when it comes to interior offensive line and free agency because they might have three positions open. They, you would think that they're going to put a priority on bringing Ezra back, but and maybe if they, they do, do. You would hope that maybe they, you know, let's try to put something together right. that keeps him off the open market. But there's a lot of moving pieces on the interior part of the offensive line. It's something that we've discussed as a big need for the team going into the offseason. That's going to be part of it. And the conversation with the Jags at number 17, I think Jackson Powers John looks more and more like he's worthy of being the 17th pick in the draft. Right As we've gone through this process, it's become more and more clear that if you're going to get him, that's where you're going to have to get him. Oh, right? for this team, yeah. For this yeah. team. And maybe you could trade back once or twice, you know, like maybe. into like the early 20s. Maybe. But that's going to be the range. Somewhere between 15 and 21, 22 yeah, somewhere feels like the range where Gardner's going to – like that's where he's going to wind up going. And that's fine. Like I'm comfortable if that's what the Jags wind up doing with that pick. But I'm comfortable with a lot of things that they could do with that pick. Right, it's not like I'm going into it at this point saying, "Well, it's got to be that." Like, if that guy's available, it's got to be that. I think there might there might be three corners that are worthy of that pick. 
right? And there might be only one interior lineman that's worthy of that pick, but there might be five or six that are worthy of being day two, day three. And the drop-off between them may be big between number one and number two, but it's not so big between number two and number six right. in this year's draft. So you look at it and say, look, if we, right, don't, we don't get, get that. the top guy, we address something else. And but this then may we have get... been our top-rated corner. Right. Or, or, or you know, which I, I know this is something uh, John Shipley, I can't remember if it was in a mailbag or on a tweet, replied to somebody asking about this. It does seem like, as we've talked about, it's not just interior offensive line. There are a lot of good tackle candidates a that lot, could be there. You know, it's a good draft for offensive line. If you've moved on from Cam Robinson, you may be looking at a, a tackle that you have a high grade on to even come in and play left, right? Uh, and Or if he plays guard for a year and Walker and Anton are the tackles. But here's the thing that could happen, and that I was referencing that John Shipley replied to, uh, that you could have – you could be sitting there for the Jags and go, there's six guys right here that we'd be pretty happy with as our first-round selection this year based on team needs and the value on this board. So let's do the Anton Harrison move again, particularly because we don't have the draft capital. We're going to lose – now. You're going to get the compensatory pick, but you're going to lose at least your third-round pick Mm -hmm. in this draft as part of the Calvin Ridley deal, which brings us to today's question of the day uh, proper uh, for today. It's it's a binary choice, and, I mean, you want to talk about this one is going to go right down to the wire. It's 51-49 right now, and I won't even tell you what direction it is. That way (laughs) you won't be skewed or skewing anything uh, other than, you know, when you cast your vote. You'll see it when you vote. It's blank, and you, you cast your vote, and you'll see it, but... We'll tell you throughout the course of the program. Mm-hmm. But it's tight right now. Assuming the Jacksonville Jaguars use the franchise tag on edge rusher Josh Allen. What do you think happens with wide receiver Calvin Ridley? Simple. Does he sign an extension with Jacksonville? Does he leave in free agency? I don't think there really is any other alternative. He's not going to mm-hmm. get traded. not going to be a sign and trade. There's no benefit to the team that's acquiring him for the Jags to sign him and then trade his rights. They don't have to do that. You're either going to get something done an extension either prior to March 13th, 14th, you know, and, and I see a lot of people saying, oh, if Calvin Ridley hits the open market, this is a failure by Balky. We'll discuss this mm-hmm. throughout. I, I ask those people right now, you know, if they're unable to get something done with Josh Allen, then do you want them to sign Calvin Ridley and give up the second-round pick to make sure that Ridley is locked in? Is it worth it to you? Or, you know, if you're Ridley – What's the likelihood that you're willing to do that when you're two weeks away from finding out what your open market value is as well? Even if you do want to be back, your agent's got to be telling you, man, let's see, let's see, let's see. Now, we just talked about Ezra Cleveland, Tony. Can you put together an offer that would keep him from testing free agency? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm sure there's a number where you say, look, take it or leave it. Either take this or we're moving on. We're going to move our resources somewhere else. But – if you're willing to sign him to that offer, let's say a week prior to the opening of free agency, mm-hmm. you'd be willing to sign him, you would think, on the first day of free agency, sure. right? So, Calvin, yeah. if you like this deal, if this is the deal that would keep you off the open market, then you got to wait until the 14th to sign it, right? Wait until yeah. 401, sign the deal. Uh, by 405, if you haven't inked it, we're going to assume that you're you're going to test the market and then we're pulling the offer and then maybe we'll send you an offer, but it's not going to be as good as this one necessarily. So, if you want this offer – you got a five-minute window kind of thing. Like, you got to there's, – there's got to be some mechanism to put some pressure on him. Otherwise, he'll just take the tour, and, and he may end up doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and signing for the highest dollar figure out there. So, yes or no, 
will Calvin Ridley be in Jacksonville, assuming the franchise tag is used on Josh Allen? Because obviously if a long-term deal is done with Allen, they've at least got that as a possibility to use on Ridley as well. So signs the extension, leaves in free agency. Those are your two choices today. If you want to get in, you can vote in that poll uh, on X at MD underscore 1010XL. Uh, don't forget at 1010XL Fat Tony and at 1010XL Denmark. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Now, what? where is that from? This comedian, he put out a Is that a what video. it's from? That's yeah. the comedian? Yeah. Who's the comedian? Trevor Wallace. Okay. Should I know who Trevor Wallace is? No. No Netflix specials or anything like uh, that? He might have one. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, pockets into don't a lot be, of these Don't young, be putting that label under two people. What? That I'd be drinking claws. Well, you're, you're the one who, yeah, I, I mean, you went quick to the slogan. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. I, it's just a joke. It, it's all good. It's I just don't good. want people coming up here and, you know, give me white claws and they see me out in public. What's wrong like, with that? Oh, I was about to say, oh, they used to bring E.T. Hennessy. Yeah, yeah. Right, but if they bring you like, a, what do they serve white claw in? Is it like a four pack or is it a six pack? Or? Uh, I think it's like a 12. 12, all right, so if they bring you a 12 or a white claws and you want to throw that in the fridge just in case the ladies drop by later. Yeah, sure. Anything wrong with that? No, they're not wrong with that. We're not soliciting that you bring alcohol no. to, to Dylan. I'm just, yeah. I can't control what the mm-hmm. public is at large is going to do. All right, uh, we got a two-round mock from Chris Trapazzo over at CBS we'll get into today. If you want to get on, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, John Shipley is scheduled to join us about 22 minutes from now, as a matter of fact. We'll talk all things Jags and uh, particularly Calvin Ridley today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, yesterday, uh, I think it was, yeah, actually it might have been two days ago uh, when we were on the air, uh, Daniel Jeremiah put out his second version of his mock draft. I don't think he changed it up for the Jags. And then uh, we had Chris Trapasso at CBS Sports mm-hmm. do one today uh, where he did a two-round look for the Jags. Uh, Jeremiah, by the way, interesting with the top of the draft. He's got... Caleb Williams and Drake May, and Jeremiah will tell you, he doesn't project trades this early in the process. Some do, some don't. Yep. Uh, Drake May going to Washington. There's been a lot of debate. I would say <sighs> mock drafts I've looked at, I'd say it's 60-40 May over Daniels. Yeah. Is that about right? Uh, the Trapasso mock draft we're going to look at has Daniels too. Right. That's right. There yeah. are plenty that have Daniels, but I still think it's May about 6 out of 10. Somewhere in there. You think it's, you yeah. think there's more more May at the moment at least, right? It feels We're, right. Yeah. Haven't had the combine, haven't had pro days and all that stuff. Um <laughs> by the way, uh Shipley's response to that was simply perfect, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan was asking uh what what walk up music Ship would like. So I was texting back and forth with Ship, just making sure he was copacetic to come on in fifteen minutes, and he is. And he requested anything with Dolph, and that got Dylan very excited. <laughs> Already got the song. Apparently, that's not Dolph Lundgren, Tony. No, it's young I wish Dolph. It was That'd that's be young, awesome. yeah. young Dolph, uh, right there. So, anyway, there you go. That's uh, who knew. Ship. Uh, that's his playing music. So he's got Drake May, uh, Daniel Jeremiah to the Washington Commanders, and then the question is, what do the Patriots do? The best, maybe the highest graded player by a lot of people in the entire draft. Maybe with the exception of Caleb Williams, because people are talking about Caleb Williams as the best quarterback prospect, even better than Trevor Lawrence yeah. in the last 20 years. It whatever. is funny, though. Like, plenty of the rankings I see still have Harrison ahead of him. Well, Harry, right. Well, do they? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. 
Maybe okay. You could, I guess, you could say then Harrison's just a higher overall graded prospect. Yeah. Caleb Williams still the best quarterback prospect. That would say that Harrison would have to be one of the highest graded wide receiver prospects. Yeah. And look, we're in an era where it was no secret that Jamar Chase was what he was yeah. coming Didn't into play the draft that last year, though. Yeah. No, but it was a year off. But what yeah. you had seen from him, even that tone, what did he go fifth? Something like that. So he's got Harrison going to the Patriots, which is going to be a big question here. I'm finding a lot of folks, there's a there's a big subset, call them the Twitter draft community, right, that self-styled draft analysts. And look, fine, right? Everybody's got to start somewhere. You're into it. I don't no, know if you're yeah. watching the All-22 or if you're watching just highlights. If you're watching highlights, you got to be careful. A little bit because you're not seeing the down in, down out. But anyway, no, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of people. I don't know if it's just trying to be trendy or plant their flag in case it comes this way. And a lot of it is done kind of not full-throatedly, but in a way where people are asking, am I crazy to think Malik Neighbors might be the best receiver in this class? You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. People are afraid to come out and go, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not the best receiver because he's seen as a consensus best receiver, and people mm -hmm. hate – if you buck that trend, people are going to throw it back in your face. But at the same time, if that's how you feel, have the courage of your convictions. But in this mock, he's got Malik Neighbors going to Arizona. Arizona, I got a, a producer at SiriusXM, big Arizona fan. They, I mean, he will be crushed personally if Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board in the first three picks. <laughs> right? Like that is the whole offseason uh -huh. right there. You got Marvin Harrison Jr., Trey McBride, catching passes from Kyler Murray. That's the foundation of this offense, and we'll move it into the future. But Malik Neighbors, big guy. I mean, yeah, not a lot that he can't do when you read the scouting reports, right? So uh, Joe Alt, the Notre Dame tackle, goes to the Chargers. Then Jaden Daniels falls to the Giants here. And, again, don't know if that's going to be likely. It probably would be a good landing spot, I think, for him because – Daniel Jones, because of the contract, looks like he'll be back with New York this year. And if he's yep. healthy to start the year, there's not that pressure to force Jaden Daniels onto the field right away. Right? Keep my, look at where Jaden Daniels came from the beginning of last season to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Right? The the upward trajectory. Now maybe that's enough. Right? I mean, Cam Newton had one spectacular year of college football, and is the number one overall pick and set rookie passing records. So you know, but Cam was. I think a more accomplished passer, like in terms of, I, I, I'm not at, talking about raw numbers or anything like that. I'm just talking about the eyeball test, watching him, what have you. But mm -hmm. I think that'd be a good landing spot for Jaden Daniels, quite frankly, particularly because Daniel Jones is a somewhat similar quarterback, right? I think Daniel's high end athleticism trumps Jones, but Jones is among the better running quarterbacks in the league. Certainly. Kind of a dual threat guy. I think that would be a nice fit. <sighs> Olumu Yiwa Fashanu. Okay. Is that Olu Fashanu? Can we just shorten it to that? The I'm, Penn State tackle? I'm guessing you'll hear that at the Combine if they do it. Yeah. Um, mock at Pro Football Network, Tony. Would it shock you to know that they had him fall into the Jags at 17? Mm. I haven't seen him outside the top 11. No. That's, I don't think in any yeah. other mock, right? But their, their point was one of these tackles is going to fall. He's still a little bit raw as a prospect, but his experience in the Big Ten against future pros showed that shouldn't be too much concern surrounding his game for the long term. 
I mean, I'm yeah. not opposed to it, man. You yeah. know? It's the, like, talking about him not being a guy you see outside of the top 10 or 11 very often. No. You know, to this point, going to the Trapasso mock, he's got him at uh, 11. Okay. Going to the Jets, it's the write-up on him. He says, home run selection for the Jets with Rodgers as the quarterback. Young player with all pro upside. Right, and I've I've heard that from several places when talking about like this guy, top five in the league player yeah, at his like position. He's got the potential to be that, and that's why you know players get picked in the top well, ten of the draft generally I, is because they have that. Would you rather than he follow the Pro Football Network path rather than the Jeremiah path, who has the Tennessee Titans taking him at seven? Yeah. Eh. The Titans uh, feel pretty locked in on one of the tackles. Right, whether it's Alt or yeah. Fashanu or whomever. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, hearing a lot about him getting into the top ten. Traits. Yeah, because th- the yeah. body of work is not, you know, yeah. deep. Uh, but the Falcons going this route, this is the, the issue with mock drafts. And it, they're fun, and we use them for what they're worth, but – what if Atlanta trades for Justin Fields? Well, yeah. then obviously this changes, yeah. right? And that's no longer a need. McCarthy's a real tricky one to figure out what landing spot it would be. Like, it's not going to be a big surprise to me if he's in the first half of the first round. And it wouldn't be a big surprise to me if he goes in the second round. Like, if he doesn't go on day one, it wouldn't surprise me all that much with McCarthy. But I think the traits for him make me believe that some team in the league is going to be like, we can do something with that. Yeah. Right, like that's the way that it feels like to me looking at McCarthy, which is why I think anywhere beyond those top three quarterbacks to the day two, he's in play for anyone who needs one. Do you know who the uh, Bears center is? No. Lucas Patrick. Okay. Pending, pending unrestricted free agent. So basically, they don't have a center. Yes. Right? Okay. So here we go. Daniel Jeremiah at nine to the Bears. To me, this will be a home run draft to transform the offense. Oh. Roma Dunze, okay, wide receiver. Yeah, because you're not transforming the offense with a center. <laughs> the 35 percent of you who yeah voted for that yesterday, right? I mean, like we don't. Yeah, you know what? We don't have a center. Literally, don't have one. Mm-hmm. And we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We, uh, we got a Pro Bowl potential level wide receiver. I presume Jackson Powers Johnson, if he's the best center in the draft, has Pro Bowl potential at I least. I would think so. I would hope. Um, anyway, um, again, that's a reflection of how the league values these positions. Absolutely, yeah. You know, wide receiver, cornerback, pass rusher, left tackle. Those still the four, and not necessarily that order after yep. QB. Uh, all right, uh, we've got our guy John Shipley joining us next from Jaguar Report, uh, offshoot of Sports Illustrated. Ship, gonna stop by. We'll talk all things Jags, including what'll happen with Calvin Ridley over the next several weeks. Will he remain a Jacksonville Jaguar or? Will he find greener pastures elsewhere? By the way, uh, Jeremiah, if you hadn't peeked at his mock draft, had the Jags going with Quinion Mitchell, the Toledo corner, who he had in his initial 1.0 and 2.0. And it was spectacular at the Senior Bowl, Mm -hmm. right? All week in the week of practices. So um, big time guy in terms of getting his hands on the football, breaking up passes, intercepting the ball, what have you, which you would hope, particularly with a small school corner, if he's going to come in. It's not just going to be traits. i got to have some production, yeah. too. Uh, anyway, just a possibility. So we'll talk about all these things and more with John Shipley. Coming up next, you're listening to Jaguars Today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Claus, Denmark, on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. <laughs> Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing Phone Line. 
Jaguars today on 1010XL. Preach! Did I do that right, Pockets? Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. When I called him Dylan Claus Denmark, oh, the head shaking that went on right there. <laughs> Heading into break, Tone. Not happy with me. All right, uh, we got our man John Shipley from Jaguar Report by request. Uh, Ship, Tony wanted to play in uh, with the uh, Sopranos theme song. How would that have been? Do we have Ship? You there, Ship? All right, check out John Shipley there. See if you my, bad. Oh, <laughs> my bad. My bad. What are you doing, man? What's wrong yeah, with yeah, you? Huh? No. Sopranos would have been perfect, man. That's definitely going to be featured uh, this weekend. All right. Well, we didn't know. Tony said you, you retweet a lot of Sopranos stuff on your timeline. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. All right. That may be the next time you appear on this program. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just know we're trying to tailor it to you, my man. We're, I appreciate it. You'd be happy and comfortable with all things Jaguar. Uh, all right. So, start with the obvious, some low-hanging fruit stuff, right? We've got a lot of ground to cover here. Um, do you think there's any chance – of a deal getting done beyond the franchise tag for Josh Allen prior to the tag deadline? I'm not going to say there's no chance it happens because it, it just it doesn't make sense for most people to make blanket statements like that. But I'd say I'm leaning toward 97.5% chance, I think, Josh Allen's going to go ahead and get tagged probably probably a day or so before a deadline like they did with Evan Ingram last year. I know some people, some fans told me, they were surprised he wasn't tagged right away. And there, there's no incentive for the team to do that. You know, just try to work out something before then so maybe you can avoid doing the tag. But I, I'd expect, I just think the two sides would be far enough apart on money that he gets tagged and this goes on until June, July, whatever. Right there with you. That's the expectation at this point is that they're going to have to use the franchise tag on Josh Allen. So it's our question of the day today, the conversation we're having, are having. What odds do you put on Calvin Ridley returning in a Jaguars uniform next year? I'd go ahead and put it 85%, honestly. I, I, I think Calvin Ridley will be back. I know the Jaguars want him back. I think that Calvin Ridley himself wants to be back for multiple reasons. I don't think Ridley wants to have another fresh start, you know, after just having one last year. I think I, I tend to think he's one of the more honest players, you know, when he's talking to the media, like, what you, what you hear from him is what he's really thinking. So when he says things at the end of the season, like, you know, he doesn't really want to learn a new team, a new playbook, stuff like that, you know, I believe him when he says that. He's also a Florida guy, and there's lots of reasons to believe he'd want to stay in Florida. So I think he stays. I think ultimately, you know, they can use this little pre-free agency period to work out a deal with him, negotiate with him now, which to my understanding is what they're working on. And then once the league year begins, then you can sign him, avoid giving up the second. Because it's not tampering because, He's, you know, a part of their roster until that period. So they can talk to him all they want, basically get a deal done now and try to get it ready for when free agency starts on the 13th. I got to be careful how I pronounce this. Was that a ship bomb right there? <laughs> with the, the You say that, that this is what they're working on with Calvin Ridley? Is this uh, like a, is this being reported that, that they're, they're in presently in negotiations or that those have taken place to this point? No, it's absolutely, you know, to this point, something that they're working on where they want to get the framework, you know, of a deal done. I, I, I think, you know, it'd be smart for them to do that to begin with. I think, you know, you don't want to enter, you know, he's about to be a free agent and you just throw out the first offer to him because then you can get other teams talking to him. I, it, it'd be very surprising if there weren't very, you know, serious talks leading up to free agency. All right, so... Ship, um, we've, we've had people say, you know, and, and not just one or two, but 
you know, many that, you know, Balky is screwing this up. It's a tremendous waste of resources. How can you let it get this far with Josh Allen? Look, we get the – it was a little bit striking that two and a half weeks after the season he hadn't spoken with Allen's camp, okay? But let's presume at some point they have. Is it not possible that Josh Allen would want to see what the other top pass rushers are getting on the market, that it would take something, you know, like top of the market, like to to give him a Nick Bosa contract to keep him from even going that route. I mean, you know what I'm I'm saying here? Like, isn't some of that coming maybe potentially from Josh Allen's camp? Like, hey, we want to be in Jacksonville, but at the same time, we don't want to sell ourselves short if Daniel Hunter's going out there getting thirty million and we settle for twenty eight. Why should we do that? Because I'm several years younger. Yeah, Josh Allen has zero incentive to sign a deal before Daniel Hunter or. Even, you know, a guy like Brian Burns, you know, ESPN report came out the other day that said Brian Burns' camp has been looking for $30 million, you know, per year. So, say Brian Burns, whether with the Panthers or whether they let him walk and some other team gets him paid, that only helps Josh Allen's case because Allen obviously just had a better year this past year than Burns has ever had. So, I think it's definitely advantageous to Allen. I, honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. I think he gets tagged. They let the market kind of settle, kind of like they did last year with Evan Ingram, where you know they let the tight end market kind of quiet down, and then they, you know, we worked the deal after that because getting ahead of it now wouldn't really be advantageous to Allen really at all. So I, I think it'd be smart for his camp to be like, okay, you basically have already said we're not going anywhere. Go ahead and place the tag, and we'll circle back to this after guys get paid. Yeah, that's the two and a half percent chance that they'd be willing to make that offer, right, to prevent him from even having to do any of that. Right, right. and and like this gets brought up like. He's got to play badly in the locker room, right? Not, not if he gets paid. Right. If he gets paid Ugh. in the end, uh, is I mean, Evan Ingram went the same route. He got paid. I don't, is, yeah. Did that cause problems in the locker room last year, Ship? I, I don't think it caused problems with just the fact that Ingram eventually did get paid. I don't think, you know, they tag Allen. There'll be very many hurt feelings in the locker room as long as he does get paid. Right. If he does end up playing potentially on the tag or if talks don't go anywhere, then maybe it's a little more curious because that, that's the thing I really do think fans underrate is that locker rooms look at every single one of these deals and they look at how every single player is really handled because they know eventually one day it could be them. And when it comes to the case of Josh Allen, you know, in my I've, I've covered his entire career, you won't find anybody in the locker room who doesn't say anything but great things about him, anybody who doesn't think he deserves to get paid. He He's the consensus best player on the roster when you talk to the players in the locker room. So they'll definitely be watching this. Outside of Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley, who have been and should be the focus of the Jaguars' free agents uh, here in a couple of weeks, what scheduled Jaguars' free agents do you expect them to be able to re-sign? Yeah, I, honestly, you look at the the group, and there's not that many guys you like have to be back. Obviously, like you said, Allen and uh, Ridley kind of lead it off. Uh, going down the list, I think Ezra Cleveland, you know, it'd be smart to try to get him back. I wouldn't imagine he would cost all that much, even if he did hit the open market. But, I mean, you already poured a six-round pick into him. You know him. He knows the system. You know, it could erase, you know, one potential need for a starting spot along the offensive line going into the draft, which, you know, as we know with the Jaguars, they like to have, like try to fill their holes in free agency so that they can have flexibility when it comes to the draft. So I, I think that'd be a smart thing to do. I personally, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to bring DeWan Smoot back as long as you're bringing him back under the pretense of this isn't the only move that you're going to make, you know, at edge rusher or pass rusher, whatever you want to call it. I, I think Dearness Johnson's an interesting guy to bring back. You know, he was the best pass second back last year. Obviously, they hope Travis Etienne and 
you know, I think Bigsby improved there, but he'd be an interesting guy to me. And then I, otherwise, I'm not sure that, that many guys that make sense. You know, Trey Herndon's been a really good nickel or a solid nickel for the last couple of years. They would have a need at nickel if he leaves in free agency. I'm just, I'm not sure how good of a fit he is, you know, with the new defensive scheme, new defensive infrastructure, things like that. He's a solid player, but that's just one of those things where, Maybe it's not the right fit anymore. You know, he was obviously a good fit in Caldwell's scheme because he's more of a zone, off-coverage type of guy. And then guys like Jamal Agnew, Caleb on Chason, Brandon McManus, I think they're probably better off, you know, letting kind of test free agency. Uh, Ship, I don't know if you have input in these kind of articles at SI. Matt, uh, is it Verderama or Verderame? Uh, is Verderam. Do- sure. Verderam. Is that what it is? <laughs> Okay, sure. I, okay. Pockets, <laughs> have you guys had him on with yes. Hacker? Okay, yes. Verderam, all right. He did a, and he's doing this division by division, but moves every team should make this offseason. And the for the Jags, he said clean up the salary cap was the move and suggested that they move on not only from Cam Robinson, but from Darius Williams as well. Who do you expect to be cap casualties for this football team? Yeah, yeah, I actually did something, you know, the other day looking at their, you know, 10 biggest cap hits before free agency starts, and it, I understand why people would say clean up the cap hits because it's not honestly a great look. You have Brandon Sheriff, a cap hit of almost $24 million next year. I, I think probably makes sense to move on from him, one, because of the money that you save if you move on from him, but two, because of just the fact that can you really justify, you know, how big of a chunk of the cap that he is taking when he's, you know, at this point uh, in his career. Uh, Cam Robinson said to be the fourth highest cap hit at over $21 million. They save a good chunk of cap by moving on from him. I, I think he's probably one of the cleanest cuts. And uh, honestly, Trent Baalke seemed to me like he, he didn't say one way or another, obviously, but it seemed to me he was kind of hinting that, you know, that we have, we have tough conversations to make when it asked about Cam Robinson. That kind of hinted to me that that's probably the way that's going to go. Uh, Foley Fodakasi is set to be their fifth biggest cap hit next year. I, I, I don't see a scenario where, you know, they're – Really okay with that, so but they don't. They have a big dead number on him. Like he's like twelve million against the cap, but he's uh, ten million in dead cap money if he's not here. I mean, I know it yeah, saves Shadcon cash, but basically, can you replace him for two million dollars in cap space? I guess would be my question. I is projecting his role moving forward. I think he can. Okay, I, I I really do think, and I I think a big part of that is because they just haven't gotten what they've wanted. You know, these last two years mm-hmm. to the point where. I think maybe their evaluation of him is sour enough to the point where they're like, okay, we, we're willing to you know, take on that dead cap, dead cap and free up it really anything that they can. I know you've had the chance to watch draft prospects for the last few weeks. Among the names that we've heard at least attached to the Jags, that you know, it feels like the list could be a couple dozen at this point at number 17. But has there been any of those prospects that has really caught your attention yet? Yeah, I mean – I. I've gone through a couple guys now. This is a really deep offensive line class, specifically offensive tackle, but there's a couple guys who, honestly, I think if you want to take a college offensive tackle and move them inside the guard for a year, yep. it would make a lot of sense. Uh, Mims from Georgia, I, I personally think he has the potential, like he should be talked about as a top 10 pick. And, you know, if they take Mims at 17 and say we're going to play him at guard for a year, I wouldn't criticize that at all because I think he has the talent to be a Pro Bowl guy. Uh, Kenyon Mitchell from Toledo, he's probably uh, my second favorite cornerback in the class right now behind Darion Arnold. You know, he played a lot of off coverage at Toledo, but he's a really physical player. He showed that he'll challenge guys throughout the route, and he has probably the best 
you know, ball production throughout, you know, his career out of any of the cornerbacks in this class, which, you know, Ryan Nielsen himself talks about how important that is. And, you know, Cooper DeGene, obviously, really uh, interesting guy, fantastic athlete, adds special teams value, great ball skills. And I, I wouldn't really count out, you know, some of the defensive tackle prospects. You know, Jason Newton from Illinois, you know, he reminds me a lot of Grady Jarrett from Atlanta, who Ryan Nielsen obviously coached last year. I think he'd be a really good fit in Nielsen's scheme. He's a really advanced pass rusher for his age and where he's at in his development. And, of course, we saw last year how much the Jaguars struggled, you know, to get pass rush up the interior. The one guy who I've seen mocked at 17 pretty frequently, I just wrote him up yesterday, who I'd have to say I'd probably, if I was in with pass on him at 17, is LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas. You know, he, he's going to get drafted high. He's six foot four, two fifteen. Probably will run at four three something because he just runs by SEC defenders. But to me, just the type of receiver they need. You know, they they already have, in my opinion, a deep threat in Calvin Ridley. Thomas isn't really a ball winner. He's more of a guy who's going to run by DBs, even you know at his size. I think that just he's not the exact fit that they need for their receiver room. Now, if for some reason, a guy like that falls to the second round. Obviously, I think you take him and try to figure out the rest. But right now, he's somebody who I probably wouldn't look too hard at at 17, even though I know we've seen him there mocked a few times. Well, what what if it's uh, a situation where Ridley doesn't resign here? Does that change your opinion? It, it, it would to me. He's still a little bit of a leap because he is still kind of a one-trick pony at this stage of his career. He, kind of, he reminds me of a better version of maybe Christian Watson when he was coming out, which mm. to me is still – maybe a second-round pick, but if they don't bring back Ridley, then I think, yeah, you have to probably consider him because he's one of the best deep threats in the draft, if not the best, and Ridley is really the only true deep threat the Jaguars have. We need to refer to him as Christian Watson with good hamstrings <laughs> because, uh, you know, otherwise – I mean, Christ, <laughs> Christian Watson, to me, is a terrifying guy to go up against defensively, but he's never on the oh, field. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that guy, like, like uh, in a league of crazy athletes – to me, he stands out watching him, but that's a conversation for down the road. Uh, Ship, I just want to circle back to Ridley here for a second. Uh, as you said, maybe they'll put together the framework or something because the idea is you don't want to sign him before the start of the league year because then you'd have to give up the second-round pick. And so we've had people say, well, this is ridiculous. If Balky lets him go for the difference between a third and a second, well, any contract that is going to entice Ridley to sign before he tests free agency – you could still give him that on the 14th of March, right? And so, to me, I would say, look, let's agree on the framework. Here it is. You've got until 4.05 on the first day of free agency to take this. Otherwise, it's off the table. And if you want to test the market, you're welcome to. But maybe we're going to look in a different direction at that point as well. So, let's agree on a deal. And I would think Ridley would understand that, hey, I want a better player as my teammate. We need that second-round pick. Doesn't that make sense that he would get on board if he wants to stay here in Jacksonville? I think so, because I really don't think it changes for really that much if they sign him on March 10th versus, like you said, 4 or 5 on March 15th. That really doesn't change really anything for him. It you know changes the things for the Jaguars more than anything else. So I could definitely see that. The big factor, I think, about this and – the idea of maybe, you know, maybe you let Ridley test the market and try to figure things out from there is that there's a chance I think that Ridley could be the best, you know, available free agent receiver. I think it's going to be him or Mike Evans because I don't think that there's a chance that T. Higgins even sniffs free agency. I'm surprised how many people believe so with all the cap space the Bengals have. It seems like he's 
probably the second most obvious tag candidate in the NFL this year after Josh Allen. And then I think Michael Pittman's probably going to get tagged too. So I think there's a good chance Ridley and Evans are, and they're obviously two very different receivers. There are some teams that, you know, maybe even want Ridley more than they would want a Mike Evans. So I think that is definitely one thing to consider is that when you look at how the receiver class will shake out on March 13th, as opposed to today when people are acting like T Higgins and Pittman will be free agent receivers, is that's going to look very different. All right, let me ask you one last one. We'll let you out the door, and we appreciate your time as always. Uh, this was yesterday's question of the day that we asked. This doesn't mean you're not going to work to improve the other spots in your team, but if you knew you could add a star, a guy who, whether it's a free agent or a draft pick, is going to make multiple Pro Bowls in his tenure with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, I think that would qualify as a star. Okay, two to three Pro Bowls or more. Um, which position would you rather them add that type of player at? And the options we gave alphabetically were center, cornerback, defensive tackle, and wide receiver. What would be the spot you would suggest they add if you knew you were getting a future star at that position? I think it's got to be corner or wide receiver. I, I really do. Just the impact that both of them make. Uh, obviously, the NFL is clearly a passing league. I I don't want to say centers to be undervalued because there are arguments to make that it's actually the most important spot on the line as opposed to, you know, tackle. But I, I just think that the economics of the NFL show that, you know, you don't necessarily, one, need a top flight center or two, you don't need to pour resources into the position. I think a Pro Bowl level corner probably gets you further along. I mean, especially for what this, you know, Jaguars team is missing, you know, uh, I mean, let's face it, outside of injuries and turnovers, the big reason they weren't in the playoffs last year is because Jake Browning and Joe Flacco went, you know, up and down the field on them mm -hmm. several times, big coverage bust. And, yeah, that's not to say, obviously, I think Tyson Campbell's a good player. Darius Williams is a good player. But, I mean, this Chiefs has shown it. You need more than just, A, good players. You need great players in position, too. You need depth there, which, you know, all the best teams have. Yeah, and Ryan Nielsen, uh, really, that opening press conference seemed to put an emphasis yeah. on – you know, going from the back to the front in terms of the pressure coverage combo, you know, which yeah. was an interesting way to look at it. So, hey, I said yesterday I go wide receiver and corner would be my second. So now an actual smart guy has kind of agreed with me, even though he might go corner and wide receiver, it sounds like. So maybe they won't hate me as much today, Ship. Did you have somebody else on, or was it just me? <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> it was you. We're calling you an actual smart guy, all right? In this room, uh, you certainly qualify. All right, uh, John Shipley. Over at Jaguar Report, underscore John, underscore Shipley is where you'll find him on Twitter or X, doing great work. And uh, will you be at the Combine next week? No, sir. I'll be on my honeymoon. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I think you told us that. Man, yeah. Where are you all headed? Bahamas on a cruise. Awesome, brother. Enjoy yes, the heck out of it. Uh, Well-deserved. I know you deferred that. And, by the way, has anyone tell you that you and Jackson Powers Johnson look like you could be just maybe not brothers, <laughs> but kind of related a little bit? A little bit cousins, maybe? Maybe? If you remember, there used to be a Cardinals lineman named A.Q. Shipley. So, oh, when, yeah. my friends, like, when my friends like to bug me, they pull that one out. I, so, he wouldn't be the first lineman I've been compared Googling A.Q. <laughs> Shipley right now to get some good uh, Google image uh, stuff right there. Wow. <laughs> I, I, okay. Yeah. I mean, you got hair, man. I I, I haven't found uh, no. a picture. For now. Of... All right. <laughs> True story. All right. Uh, Ship, all the best, man. You know, the, the Jaguar fans love you. We do as well. Have a wonderful time, uh, you and your bride, on the honeymoon. And we'll look forward to catching up with you sometime after you get back. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And there, 
there isn't anywhere else I'd love to give uh, my last pre-wedding, you know, little uh, radio hit to you guys. So I Excellent. appreciate you guys. I, I, I'm going to presume that means you're not going to do anymore. So at least no, if, you, if, you, if you do, don't tell me about it. <laughs> Shit, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right, there he goes, John Shipley. He is awesome. I love Shipley. Right, we got a good group of people that cover this team, and, you know, uh, he's right there with him. Uh, he and Demetrius are go-tos outside the 1010XL bubble, per mm-hmm. se. Uh, D-Rock, you're in the bubble, okay? Uh, so, <laughs> just to be clear, and I, I think Hayes Carleone knows he's in the bubble as well, right? Yes. So, uh, all right, good stuff. I enjoyed that. Uh, let's come back and, and parse what John Shipley had to say, Tony, about the Jags' chances to keep Calvin Ridley. He seems a lot more optimistic than the – Burn bulky to the ground crowd mm-hmm. out there right now. And I understand, like, you're, you're pessimistic. Doesn't mean it. Look, how you feel about it, you're entitled to. Doesn't mean it can't get done. Doesn't mean it will or won't get yeah. done. You Even know? if the pessimism is just to protect yourself from some kind of heartbreak. That's we, right. We get it. We get it. We absolutely do. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't forget to vote in today's poll, though. Assuming the Jags use the franchise tag on Josh Allen, what do you think happens with Calvin Ridley? It's simple. Does he sign an extension with Jacksonville? Does he leave in free agency uh, right now, very tight within the polls margin for error, mm. I'm told, Tony, uh, with about 250 votes in. Still plenty of time for you to get there at MD underscore 1010XL. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. No, it's absolutely, you know, to this point, something that they're working on where they want to get the framework, you know, of a deal done, I, I, I think, you know, it'd be smart for them to do that to begin with, I think. You know, you don't want to enter, you know, he's about to be a free agent, and you just throw out the first offer to him because then you can get other teams talking to him. I, it, it'd be very surprising if there weren't very, you know, serious talks leading up to free agency. Oh, it would be very surprising. That's uh, John Shipley talking about Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. you know, and there are those out there going, yeah, well, who are we talking about at GM? I'm not going to be surprised if there are no talks going on. Do you think Fred Bulky sitting in a dark room, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. I, I get it. We're all surprised. Hey, why don't you reach out to Josh Allen? Again, the deadline to get a deal done was not imminent. And as Shipley said, why wouldn't Josh Allen want to see what Daniel Hunter and Brian Burns get on the market, Tony? Why yeah. settle when you might get more than those guys? So there's reason yeah. why his camp would not want to get a long-term deal done prior to the start of free agency. It was the same reason that it took that long for the deal to get done with Ingram. Yes, and the market wasn't good for tight end. That worked in the Jags' favor. Like, it turned out that the money didn't go to tight ends that were free agents last year, but it wasn't exactly clear what that picture was going to be. You know, when the Jags were still in the window to negotiate that deal with Ingram, it made sense from his camp side to say, look, we'll wait and see. Now, I don't think that's going to happen with defensive end or or pass or edge rusher, to be clear. I don't. I, I think Josh Allen's going to get a massive deal. I don't think he's going to get something in the low 20s. No, I don't think that's the way that's going to work out. I think because there's enough money that's going to be put towards Burns and Hunter. That's what and I'm saying, guys. right? Like, Those guys will get something I don't think their markets are going to disappoint. You know, Correct. ultimately, whenever they come in. But it wasn't clear what the tight end market was going to be. So, I, from a Jaguars perspective, they had already made they had made their intentions clear. We're willing to use the franchise tag to spread out the time on this issue. We're not willing to be the team that sets the market, right, for this kind of thing, for the entire tight end market for the offseason. It's like, we'll see where the market goes. And they wound up paying Evan Ingram above that market. Right. Right, which they should. Because 
that's how it was going to be if they were going to make the offer beforehand, but they probably saved themselves a little bit of money by waiting. And they got him under contract. Right, and on the Ingram thing. I think the Josh Allen thing, I, and we've talked about this for a couple weeks now, I have felt this way about it the entire time. Unless you're willing to make that over-the-top offer if I'm Allen's side, I'm like, no, we'll wait and see. Right, blow it away. And then Ship thinks that they'll get a deal done in principle with Ridley, a very high likelihood of that mm-hmm. happening. So what happens then? To all this angst, if Josh Allen gets franchised, Ridley signs on day one of free agency to stay in Jacksonville, and Allen gets his deal worked out later in the summer. Yeah, it, Will the complaint shift to, well, if you'd done it earlier, you could have cleared up even more cap right. space with a restruct, you and know, structuring the deal. What if you want to structure the deal the opposite direction? Yeah. Where if you've got some cap space, you want to take more of a hit this year to lessen it in the yeah. future when Trevor Lawrence is going to have those big hits. Yeah. And again, we've both made our positions clear on whether we still have Balky as the GM. But if they made both those moves and Jackson Powers Johnson was the first round pick, I mean, come on. And, like, and, and like at and, some point, and, give the guys some and, no, kind no, of credit. He's the first round pick after trading back twice and accumulating more draft right. capital like if along the way. There is a path to feeling okay about what Trent Balky is nah. still doing as the general manager, even if he's not the guy that I would have in that job. I've got the uh, Jaguars defensive coaching staff in my hot little hands, there Tony. Actually, I've got it on the screen of my yeah. laptop right here. Uh, it's just been announced by the Jags. And, and, and Ryan Nielsen told you last week that a lot of the hay was in the barn as far as that went, and yeah. they would wait to make an official announcement. That when- was maybe my favorite moment of the whole press conference was when someone asked him about, you know, how close they are to getting the staff, and he looks over at the PR guy. Am like, I allowed to say? What am I? What can I say? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ryan Nielsen. Uh, very, hey, he's a company man. I, yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, so Ryan Nielsen's your defensive coordinator. We knew that. A, a couple of these names have been out there, like Chris Richard, the defensive backs coach. Yes. Uh, Matt House is your inside linebackers coach. Corey Robinson is I'm just going straight down the list. Defensive assistant cornerbacks coach. Uh, Jeremy Garrett is your defensive line coach. Mike Gray is assistant secondary coach, defense defensive analyst. Wonder if he's related to Mel. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Mario Jabariel. Jabariel. Jab- mm-hmm. uh, apologies, Mario. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. your last name. Assistant outside linebackers coach. Your running backs coach is Jerry Mack, who we knew. Uh, coming in from the University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Greg Austin is the assistant offensive line coach, and your offensive quality control coach is Jamel Mutunga. Uh, is that – yeah, that's uh, assistant offensive line coach. Okay, so they're they're announcing, you know, the staff openings, right, that yes. have been filled defensively as well as, um, yeah, the you know, you had the running backs yeah. coach. They moved on from Bernie Parmley. So you've got a new assistant offensive line coach, new running backs coach, and an offensive quality control coach, but uh, your major defensive coach of D-backs, linebackers, you got D-backs, they announced D-backs, inside linebackers, cornerbacks, defensive line, overall secondary, assistant outside linebackers coach. Feels like there's a, you've got an inside linebackers coach and an assistant outside linebackers coach. Mm -hmm. Like there might be one or two more. Uh, but anyway, um, th- those are the recent additions to the coaching staff. I'm sure uh, guys like Ship and Demetrius will, and uh, Hayes will have all that list and Mia uh, all tweeted out for you yeah. as well. But. And a couple of those guys are coming over. They were coaching with Nielsen in Atlanta last year and kind of similar assistant positions that they'll have here in Jacksonville but are coming with Nielsen as he gets the DC job here. Right. And coming from there's another guy um apparently uh Corey Robinson is also from the University of Tennessee like you know I, I don't 
Yeah. I don't know all these assistant coaches. I'll guarantee you that. Uh, so hopefully they're good. Sonny, look, couldn't have picked Ryan Nielsen out of a lineup a year ago either. Right. And he went and did a really good job in his first year with Atlanta. So let's hope he does the same thing here. Apparently it was pretty highly thought of uh, this offseason. Uh, let's get John on the west side. Wants to make a comment or comment or question about Calvin Ridley. What's up, John? How are you? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. It's just my opinion, and I know it's, you know, it's, you know, it's not brain surgery what I'm going to say. Okay. But if they tag, if they tag Josh Allen, that's going to be a huge mistake because if, if they don't have that tag available for Ridley, Ridley's already said it's about the money. There's plenty of teams with a lot of cap space, and, you know, he could go to Kansas City, get the bag, and possibly a ring. You know, I, mean, I know he he likes it here, but, you know, this is his second contract, and he's going to have to hit a home run. So there's a lot of teams that are going to blow us away. We, we, do we have that kind of money to, to match that kind of offer? And I just think it's a huge mistake if they don't get the Josh Allen deal done and have the tag for Ridley. And I'll right. take your comments off the air. Appreciate it. We have no idea what Ridley's market's going to be, honestly. No. I mean, look, we're all presuming that everyone wants to throw, quote, the bag at Calvin Ridley. There could be questions about Calvin Ridley out there. Like, he hasn't played in a couple of years. Yeah, he did put up some good numbers. But what about, you know, the the chemistry issues or not being on the right page? What about yeah. the drops, th- things like that? I, I don't know. Look, when you say it's going to be a mistake, if Josh Allen wants to wait for free agency, yeah. what's who's making the mistake here? Is the mistake that they should have signed him last offseason? And for those people who wanted to do that, under what numbers? Again, for a guy coming off three years in which he didn't have 17 sacks combined in those three, or right about 17, Mm -hmm. and then he went out and matched that last year and earned himself a bigger deal. So what do you think Josh Allen would have signed for last year? I I mean, look, I get – first of all, it's it's a mistake if – or it's a – it's a disappointment or a missed opportunity, however you want to look at it, yeah. if Allen's on the tag and really does go somewhere else. But Allen could get tagged, and as John Shipley just laid out, he makes it sound like it's like 85% likely that he thinks Ridley will still stay mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Does he want the money? Yes. Do I think Jacksonville's going to offer him $10 million a year when somebody else is offering him twenty? I don't. No. By the way, if you're going to tag Ridley, that tag is like $23 million. So is that what you want to do, tag him and have him for a year, or are you going to start a long-term extension at that number, mm-hmm. $23 million a year or higher. Does he get higher than $23 million a year? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that he does. On the Honestly. market, it's, it's hard to tell You know what the market would be exactly for Calvin Ridley. And it does feel like the Calvin thing, uh, you can convince yourself of three different things being the ultimate truth. <laughs> right with Calvin Ridley is the way it feels to me. It's like, well, he was always just – going to chase the money. If he winds up back in Jacksonville, was, this was always the place where he was going to wind up. He felt comfortable here after the way they treated him after being away from football for two years, not wanting to learn new offenses. Like It feels like whatever the result of the Ridley thing is, there's going to be a big camp of people that are going to be, I told you so, the whole time. And you would have been correct. That camp would have been correct that whole time. But I think it's difficult to decipher which one of those camps is the right one Looking at it right now. By the way, the Chiefs right now, latest projection from Arrowhead Pride, which is obviously a fan site or a site that covers them exclusively. I shouldn't call it a fan site. Uh, I don't think it's that. They're about $15.5 million under the cap. 
Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is a free agent. Legereus needs a free agent. They got some okay? things. They're to in work the on. same spot yes. Jacksonville is. So if they can create the cap space to make that kind of competitive offer to Ridley, so can the Jags. Yeah, and that'd be adding a third. And and there's no state income tax here. And yeah. you already know the offense. And and granted, it's not Patrick Mahomes, but you're playing with a young quarterback that you like, and you were successful in your first year back. So okay, you're let's say you tag Legereus Need. Okay, there goes all your available cap space. So now you got to create more cap space just to get him under the tag. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go sign Chris Jones, if who, who wants to stay, and he's going to be a bigger priority than bringing in a, another wide receiver. Why would Kansas City, who's shown that they would let Tyreek Hill walk out the door because we didn't, we don't need to pay a receiver big money. Mm-hmm. We got Mahomes. He makes receivers. And where she Rice was. He was good fine. enough, especially he was second fine. half of the year. And yeah. you, so, if I'm Kansas City, I can just draft a guy in the first round, and I'll pay him as much in the next five years as I would pay Calvin Ridley for one season because I got yeah. Mahomes. We just won it with a rookie as our number one receiver. And by the way, in the Super Bowl, he had 39 receiving yards, yeah. and I still threw for 330, and we won our second consecutive Super Bowl. I don't think the Chiefs are throwing the big cash at a wide receiver. I don't think they think they need to. Yeah, I think it's unlikely, but there are a bunch of teams that are wide receiver hungry that do have a bunch of money to spend. Now, what Calvin's interest would be in those teams as compared to coming back to Jacksonville, that, again, that's that group of people that say he's going to chase the money. Okay. And if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he's going to do. And that may take him out of the market for the Jaguars. That's true. Like, if that's the thing he's going to be chasing, that's what he's interested in is the money. Who's going to pay me the most money? Then odds are he's not playing here. Like, and accept that or don't accept it. That's that's up to everyone to make up right. their own and, decision and so on it. so people say that, that that's where the, the, quote, mistake or the error or whatever comes in is that you didn't get the deal done with Josh Allen, so you can't compel Ridley to be here. Well, even if you do, you're compelling him for one year. Yeah. It's still, when you look at your receiver depth chart, it still remains a massive need at right. that point in time. Not for this year right. as much. Are but, they any better off, like, if they did get the deal done with Josh Allen, put the franchise tag on him, and Calvin says, I'm signing it today, and now it is. Now the, it's a second-round pick right, now for it's one second year. instead of the third, and you have him for one more year. Right, and next year, if you want to franchise him again, it's going to be like $26 million Yeah, for that year. If it played out that way. And what if it What if it just, what, what? If they tag Josh Allen, they sign Ridley to like a deal worth like twenty million, which is less than the tag number. Yes. Uh, like three years, sixty million with forty-five guaranteed. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. making numbers up, okay? Yeah. And then they get a deal with Josh Allen, and he's happy, and Ridley's back. Then what? Right? I mean, I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that if, that is exactly how it plays out. Yeah, if both of them wind up in a Jaguars uniform, they played it right. You know? and, and what if what if they both end up in a Jaguar uniform? And you got Ridley for less than you would have thought. Like you kind of did maybe with Evan yeah. Ingram because you let it play out again. Is is it? I understand the GM has to keep the team together. He does have to concern himself with the locker room and how things play in the locker room. Yeah, he doesn't need to put it this way. It shouldn't be top of mind for him to go. How's the fan base going to react to this move? It's not his job. Not his job. His job is to to manage in part the finances and. Bring in talent. I, I get it. We're not again. Hear us out. Right. We'd move on. Yeah. But and if, everyone, not, if we're not going to move on, let's yeah. hope he does some good things. And everyone in the move on camp has been loud enough that he can't have not heard it. Right. Like he oh, knows. He knows. Like Come he on. knows what the feeling of the fan base is. You've made back. your your point clear. He knows. Yes. How you feel about him? He's still got the job, and he's got a job to do. He needs to do it as well as he possibly can. 
there's a lot of people who feel like, well, as well as he possibly can is lousy. Okay. Right. Ship's got me fired up, though, because he's got, he's got more confidence than most that everything's going to work out, yeah. at least on those two fronts. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's being reflected immediately in the poll, but a few more voting for Sons extension with Jacksonville in the last 15 minutes mm-hmm. on our poll question today. Uh, assuming the franchise tag is used on Josh Allen, what happens with Calvin Riddle? Either he signs an extension here or he leaves in free agency. Those are your choices. You can vote at MD underscore 1010XL. Let's come back and look at Chris Trapazzo's two-round mock where the two players the Jags are taking. They're not taking wide receiver in this mock. They're not taking corner in this mock, and they're not taking center in this mock mm-hmm. as well. What are they doing? We'll take a peek at that when we return in a moment. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, we got some business to attend to, Tony, so let's knock this out quick. Got a little bit behind today, so let's try to get back on time. Chris Trapasso over at CBS Sports, usually pretty thoughtful with his draft analysis, um, put out a two-round mock today. I'll just mm-hmm. go through the highlights. I'll go through the first 16 quickly before we get to the Jag selection. Caleb Williams at one, Jaden Daniels at two, Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, so this one, Drake May, slides just a little. Uh, Dallas Turner, the edge rusher at Alabama, then goes fourth as uh, Arizona will pivot off of Harrison Jr., their preferred choice. Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end, going fifth. You see that frequently. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see him making it into the teens as well. You know, uh, Drake May going to the Giants. Joe Alt, then the tackle going to the Titans. Yep. Uh, Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver, going eighth to Atlanta. Then Roma Dunze. Uh, going to the Bears, so three receivers in the top nine. Olu Fashanu, the Penn State tackle, going 10. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback at 11. Terry and Arnold, you heard Shipley say his favorite corner, going 12. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, another corner, going 13. They got pockets fired up. What's your favorite Kool-Aid flavor pockets? Oh, the red kind. The red kind. Yeah. <laughs> the red kind. The red kind. Is that fruit punch? Yeah, I think so. All right. They, did they Whenever do? I hear a Kool-Aid, I just like yelling, hey, Kool-Aid! I know, oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, J.C. Latham, the Alabama tackle, goes 14th. Latu Latu, Leatu Latu, the edge rusher out of UCLA, yep. going to the Colts. Then Nate Wiggins, the corner, going 16th. So you got a lot of good options here for the Jags, right? Uh, he's got him going Byron Murphy. Jags need a serious presence on the interior of the D-line. They get it with the super springy Murphy. Uh, prospect rank 14th, love to see that, right? You're getting a bit of a value. Position rank first overall, yeah. love to see that as well. Yeah, Guys that go in the immediate aftermath, Brian Thomas, we heard Ship talking about there uh, a moment ago. Uh, Kenyon Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo. Tali Fuanga, uh, the Oregon State offensive lineman, another guy, wouldn't hate there. Jackson Powers Johnson going to Miami, uh, anticipating they lose Connor Williams there. So, yep. That's a target-rich environment for your boys there, Tone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Trent Balky masterclassed it with a couple of trade downs and got a Santon <laughs> Harrison last year. So, I, I think sure. that, that would be a phenomenal spot to be in right there. Either get, get a guy you absolutely love or you maybe have five or six guys that you really like a lot. Yeah. And defensive tackle isn't something we've talked about a bunch at 17 for the Jags, but it's certainly something that should be in play. Oh, absolutely. You Jazon, know, um uh, who is it? Is it uh, Mitchell? Who's the guy from Illinois? I think um, it's Mitchell. I forget the names. Me though. too. But uh, Byron Murphy, just looking at him a little bit, uh, had five sacks last year for Texas. He Newton. But, 
Sorry. By the way, he got um, two touches on offense last year for for Texas. Oh. Both resulted in touchdowns. It's kind of, you know, is is it okay that's kind of one, one of the sneaky reasons I like Christian Wilkins? Right. <laughs> like he was, yeah. They used him as the goal line yeah. back. He got a one-yard touchdown run and a one-yard touchdown reception uh, for, for, trick for plays, Byron trick last plays. year. Uh, but, yeah, I think on most lists that you see, Murphy is the top interior defensive lineman, but he's one or two on virtually every list that you see. Mm-hmm. And if the Jags are getting that, which is a – position that I think is the second biggest need for the football team going into the offseason. I would put interior offensive line number one, interior defensive line number two, and if they're able to address that with their favorite player in the draft of that position, potentially at 17, I'm all aboard for that, especially with a draft that is being talked about as being as deep as it is along basically every position along the offensive line. Um, speaking of offensive line, the 48th pick, Christian Hayes, guard out of UConn. Love that. So, boom. Yeah. Right? Got a, in, Two instant starters, hopefully impact guys, beef yeah. up the interior of the lines of scrimmage. Look, just because we voted wide receiver yesterday doesn't mean we don't want to beef up the lines of scrimmage. No. I Just in today's NFL, man, I will take that alpha receiver. And, again, people are you know saying yesterday, well, we get that multiple-time Pro Bowler. That's Aaron Donald. No, that's that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron the, Donald's been soaking up all the All Pros because he's Aaron Donald, basically for he, his whole career. Right. And we're talking about a guy who might make a couple, like a more of a Marcus Stroud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, or John Henderson. It's a two, massive impact. Right. Massive like you impact can build player, your defense around that guy. Make two or three Pro Bowls. Yeah. You're you're a star. Right. Yeah. At that position. That doesn't mean you're the best in the league at that position. It doesn't mean right. you're ignoring the other spots. All right, let's uh, come back, go around the rest of the National Football League, and then we'll weigh in with a 10-10 take on today's poll question. Got about 300 votes on that. If Josh Allen gets the tag, what happens with Calvin Ridley? Signs an extension with Jacksonville, leaves in free agency. Which side are you on right now at the moment? Uh, you can vote accordingly, and we will as well. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Don't want to wish our lives away. I'm ready for free agency to open up. I'm ready. Let's just skip past this part of us, and we can still enjoy the next few weeks. But Mm -hmm. I do want some clarity, Tone. Let's just get it over with. Well, we'll hear from the coach and GM next week. True. But I don't know if we're going to get any specifics. Probably not. We've been in touch with (laughs) Josh Allen's camp. He knows Mm -hmm. Josh will be a Jaguar Mm -hmm. this year. You like that one, Pocket? Hey, Trent, what's your thoughts on Calvin Ridley? Uh, what's the deal? What's the update? Uh, Calvin's a really good player, and, you know, we're is, working to see if he can stay in Jacksonville. Is he all ball? He's all about ball. I love that about Calvin. He's all about ball. So working he, on it, man. Is he a good culture fit? Yeah, he's a pretty good culture fit. <laughs> you guys just throw me softballs <laughs> and help me get into it. I can't do it like, right. like we're talking you about ranch dressing. What here. do you want the real quick? It's like, hey, Trent. How dare you? <laughs> right? Like, that's basically what the fans want him to be asked. It's like, huh? Okay. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what they want. Uh, that's exactly what they want. How dare you? That's exactly. Trent, how dare you? How dare I what? How dare you? Just answer it. Uh-huh. Just answer it. Well. <laughs> All right. That will happen next week. I forgot about that. They, they will speak at the combine, and we, uh, we are here in maybe Tuesday. 
mm-hmm. the day for that. Uh, so, all right, uh, let's go around the rest, the inconsequential rest of the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Kansas City defensive end Charles Omenihu underwent successful surgery to repair a torn ACL that kept him out of the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. Pittsburgh defensive lineman Cameron Hayward had what was called a cleanup procedure for a core muscle injury that he uh, got done earlier this week. The Los Angeles Rams have released offensive lineman Brian Allen. Chicago quarterback Justin Fields went on with the St. Brown Brothers podcast, explained him having unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram. Fields said, quote, why do people take social media so serious? I still mess with the Bears, this and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. It's something that I don't want to see on my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess what? The social media discourse is either keep fields. We want fields. It's either draft Caleb Williams. I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want it to be over. Fields has said that he loves Chicago. Uh, to just let him know if he's going to be traded, and he may have burned some bridges in the city of Chicago when he said he weighed in LBJ. on the LeBron versus MJ argument, siding with LeBron James. Jalen Johnson did too, yeah. right? The kids these days don't. And My then goodness. I saw a wave of Bears fans like, that's it. Jalen Johnson's gone. Like, yeah. like no, no longer interested yeah, in Jalen Johnson. The Chicago Bears fans have been there a lot longer than those guys have. Oh, yes. You know? uh, to be sure. Uh, know your audience. Now, granted, you're, a lot, you're entitled to feel how you want about basketball players. It gets a little silly oh, for sure. sometimes, right? Um, but he also broke down Justin Fields. You don't hear this very often. Like, hey, what would you think about Atlanta? And he goes, yeah, well, they got Bijan. He's, yeah. start, he's going through. He's like, my, got my boy Kyle. Yeah. Like, he's... He knows. Like, even to the point where he said, maybe one more piece and they'll right, be ready right, to go. Right, they got Oh, and they got Drake, and maybe they got some other good guys, but probably not, we need one more receiver. And, yeah, <laughs> so, like, oh, so you've uh, you've looked into this, perhaps, <laughs> or you're just a big fan of the league mm-hmm. in general. Uh, yeah, and usually you won't hear that when a guy is under contract with a team. Uh, we understand the circumstance, but it's out of his hands. He may mm-hmm. be back in Chicago. I don't think he will. I don't I think. 90-plus percent of the people around the league think that they're not going to pass up on the chance to reset the clock with Caleb Williams, but we shall see. All right, right. over 300 votes in on this one, Tony. Why don't you fire up today's uh, 1010 Take Pockets? 1010 Take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 1010 Take, brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. It's the Pockets Show with Pockets. (laughs) What would you call your own show, Pockets, if you had a, a Pocket Show? A pocket show? No, a show for you. Something with, I'd probably say something with Denmark. Denmark? Like yeah. our podcast is Denmark and Marsh. Hmm. You know? I don't know. How about how about because you're gonna share with the audience uh, you know, different uh you know, thoughts and, and conversations. How about let's go Dutch? <laughs> no? That's not bad. Right? It's all right. Yeah. And off Denmark. Oh, that's a little deep cut right mm-hmm. there. But all right, Tony. Assuming the Jags use franchise tag on edge rusher Josh Allen, what do you think happens with Calvin Ridley? Signs an extension, leaves in free agency. I, I feel even better. Like, I felt I, I would have voted for this anyway, but I feel mm-hmm. even better. Like, Ship is full of boundless enthusiasm, I will say. John Shipley of Jaguar Report that I think he, uh, if he put a number, I want to say 85-ish percent, something like that. Yeah, 75 or 85. 75, it 85. It was high. It was yeah. high. He's pretty fairly confident that something will get done. With Calvin Ridley, uh, Demetrius Harvey, though, last week said uh, over 50, but not mm-hmm. not 
crazily so, maybe 60-40, something like that, which dovetails with the way the vote's gone today. 53-47. 53 Mm -hmm. say he'll stay, sign an extension with Jacksonville. That's the side I would vote on as well. 47% say he leaves in free agency. And there has – I mean, you've got the GM, I thought, heaping praise on him. Yep. you got the quarterback who talked about how much better he'll be with a year under his belt in the system. You've got Ridley himself who has said he wants to be back. And there are – he is from Florida. There is no state income tax. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you won't have to learn a new system again after being out of the league a couple of years, having to do that last year and going through some of those struggles. So maybe that's behind you. I think there are a lot of reasons. Yeah. Now, granted, again, if he makes it a free agency, you're absolutely right. Can't stop the Carolina Panthers from going, we have to have you. Of course – Dave Canales, their head coach, Coach Mike Evans last year. So mm-hmm. that may be their Maybe. focus, yeah. you know, coming out of the gates. But, um, all right, how are you voting? I uh, um, I was a lot more solid in how I felt about this two weeks ago before we had the opportunity to talk to Demetrius and John and even Hayes. And their confidence level that he's going to be able to get the extension done with Jacksonville has swayed me, right, to some degree. Not enough that I – I voted leaves in free agency okay. still. Like, I still think the loudest voice in the room is going to be the money, right? Like, even with everything that's been said, I I believe that in NFL free agency, the thing that speaks the loudest for the vast majority of these guys is how much are you paying me, right? And I think once he gets to the point, which I'm almost certain he's going to get to the point where he can hear what that money is going to be, from outside of Jacksonville, that somebody's going to be willing to offer more than Jacksonville will uh, to Calvin Ridley. So I still vote leaves in free agency, but I'm less solid on that opinion based on all the things that everyone keeps saying. Like, I I do think the other kind of intangible stuff is real. I still think the money is the loudest voice, but I'm becoming more convinced that the intangible stuff is loud enough that it it works out. Right with with Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville, and they can make a competitive enough offer that the other stuff will factor in more heavily than maybe it typically would with a typical free agent. Like, and, and I think a lot of the arguments for that kind of thing, like the intangible stuff, you saying Mike Evans doesn't have that? Of course, right? Like in Tampa, he's got that plus a decade of it. Right, right. Like he's got so much comfort with that area. That team. But there are a lot of people that think he will stay in Tampa, though. I know. I know. And I think it's much more likely in my mind that Evan stays in Tampa than Ridley stays in Jacksonville because it is just a one-year situation with Ridley here. But the other stuff, the having spent a year here, not wanting to learn a new offense, all those different things, I can believe they're more of a factor than I thought they were a month ago. Right, and and if the, it depends on the gap. It's not going to bridge a $10 million a year gap. No, it'd have uh, but, to be close. But if it's a couple million and there's no state income tax here. That may be enough. You know, or, or yeah. right, uh, pockets before you run out of there. Break the tie. Ridley, stay or go if uh, Allen gets franchised. Uh, right now, I say he stays, but I've changed every day, so. <laughs> I'm glad I asked you today. Yes. All right, uh, so 53-47 on the uh, – the vote percentage right now in favor of he stays. If you haven't voted, at MD underscore 1010XL on Twitter or X, whatever you are calling it on any given day, I change on a daily basis. Here he comes, Mr. Slim himself, Matt Hayes, rocking it. Uh, you know what, Tony, uh, <laughs> Matt Hayes walked in. He reminds me of that scene in Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. where they look at Tobey Maguire and they're like, so um, 
you're gonna you got a suit or you're just gonna keep dressing like the cool youth pastor? Hey, is the cool youth pastor today? So let's welcome in XL Prime Time. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. We always think you're cool, Matt. I like uh, that, the cool youth so, pastor. Yeah, you're like, like the cool youth pastor, the hip youth pastor, right? I was but, doing some TV with Tommy Mack and Coach Campos. All so. right, well, that's that yeah. makes sense, And uh, but you probably have the Spidey suit on underneath anyway, I do. right? In case I do. Uh, some wall climbing 100%. is in the, the – uh, the agenda uh, this afternoon. All right, so well, what is on the agenda this afternoon for you? Jags' new coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, the tough loss for those Gators last night at Alabama. Oh, did, honest to goodness, I really like. I saw they were up with like Overtime seven minutes loss. to go. Was yeah, it OT? I mean, they were up. They were up double, double digits at one point in the second half. So. Gosh, I sometimes just check out on the entire college basketball season, man. I really do these. Yeah, days. For whatever reason, I actually watched the end of the Gators. Did game you? Last night, I, yeah. I, I might have if I I thought they were gonna. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're up. I was like, I feel like they had like a seven point lead with about seven minutes to go, something like that. Something like that. They were up at 11 at one point. Well, okay. Real so. quick, real quickly, and then Albion eliminated it quickly. Yeah. Eh, anyway, the four is going to be fine, man. They're going to make the tournament. Oh, yeah. and, you know, so, you oh, know. Yeah. It's going to win the conference. It, right. It's a road If they had won loss. that game against Bama, they yeah. still had an outside shot to win the conference. Kentucky this weekend, title. right? No, they got. Uh, oh, is that not right? Or maybe Bama no. plays Kentucky this Bama weekend. Does. Yeah, there Bama you go. I knew yeah. someone of those got had the two double. home games. I forget who it's against. I but knew two home games. Yeah, so they got, had the round. They round have Bama game. next week, actually in Gainesville. Yeah. Okay, uh, we asked today if Josh Allen gets the franchise tag. Does Calvin Ridley sign a deal here, or does he leave? It's a one or the other. What do you think? Um, I think I think they'd probably like to sign him. I, okay, does he sign a deal here, or does he leave Matt Hayes? Uh, I think he probably leaves. You think he probably leaves? Yeah. All right. I should have not asked him, because now we're back at 2-2 <laughs> two to two on that one. So all right. I, I, think, I think he – I mean, he's probably going to get more than what they would want to give him. I, I, it's going to be fascinating. I really – I mean, like, I want it to all work out for the Jags in the end. So there's that nervousness about it, but I do think this is going to be fascinating. Does Mike Evans make it? it? It's looking like he might make it to free agency, right, because they might tag Antoine Winfield down there. And if he does – I'd rather pay him than Calvin Ridley. Well, I'll tell you that. but but does he want to follow Dave Canales to Carolina, True. who is in need of a number one, right? Or, or would other teams make a play? I'm sure they would for Mike Evans, but the money's the same. Don't you want to go to a team that can win? Oh, sure, absolutely. But yeah. that that's the feeling that that Carolina may, out of desperation, just throw Overpay him. throw the bag, yeah. as everyone likes to say, yeah. at somebody. Yeah. Matt, uh, have a good. Uh, have a good, uh, you know, you got your guitar. Are you going to play a few songs for the kids today? Or? <laughs> no, I might go a cappella, though. A cappella, nice. Yeah. All right, well, have a good show. All right. Appreciate you stopping by, Matt Hayes, everybody. Love it. My man is, uh, he's half the man he used to be thanks to Awaken 180, at least uh, in a good way, in a positive way. Looks fantastic. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks to our friend John Shipley from Jaguar Report for coming by. I guess we'll let Tom McManus uh, give us two hours of his thoughts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's never very opinionated. Uh <laughs> So we'll do that. For Tony Smith, for Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Appreciate all of you playing along. Thanks for voting. No matter what side you're on, look, we're all, in the end, we all hope the Jags have success, even if they have to overcome Trent yeah. Balky or anybody else for that matter. In the end, who cares? Let's all drink some celebratory yeah. cocktails during the parade, and we can all laugh about the times we cared about yeah. these kind of issues. And in a few weeks, we'll have news to react to instead of anticipate what it will be. <sighs> won't that be nice? Yeah. You, you're telling me I won't be able to ask anymore what will happen with Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley questions. <laughs> in a few weeks, yeah. All right, that'll do it. XL Primetime is next here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby.